What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and I am happy to be talking to you on this May 6th, Friday, uh, May 6th, 2011. And um, I'm sorry that I skipped a week, um, but I had so much going on and I had so many cool things going on that I wanted to cram it into one really good show. And that's what I have for you today. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't have a guest, but I got a bunch of cool shit to talk about. And uh, hopefully um, I give you guys some good radio for uh, the next 45 plus minutes. Um, and again, I do apologize if you were waiting for another, um, you know, episode last week, but, uh, one thing that I'm going to be doing religiously now is I realized that I'm, I'm going to be putting my podcast through another, I guess you could call it service, which is going to be much easier for me to put, um, on my website and also into iTunes. So I basically, instead of trying to figure this thing out myself, um, I had to go to the bullpen. So I'm going to be changing some stuff, but, um, until then... Um, you know, I'll make the announcement when I, I finally do that, which I'm, I'm looking into doing, just finding the right services. Um, but I'm going to no, no longer be doing this uh, myself, um, which is fine because that means that shit's going to get done right. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do it every Wednesday or Thursday like I did at the beginning. I got a little off track there because of a ton of stuff going on. And um, But that's it. We're back. This is episode 16 and um, some really cool stuff to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to, um, what I usually do at the beginning of the show is I say oh, where I was performing. And um, basically what I've been doing, uh, like I had mentioned on the last podcast, um, I'm going to be submitting to some late night talk shows. Um, my uh, management has been, um, you know, talking to some some pretty uh, pretty cool people and pretty cool shows about me, and they they're interested in seeing me. And that means that I have to run around like crazy to put together a very clean uh, five minute set. And this is a process that, like I mentioned in the past, it's one of the hardest things and the the craziest just processes in comedy that I've ever experienced. Um, in all the years that I've been doing stand-up because it's it's more of like a formula. It's an art form in itself to find five TV-friendly, very clean, um, even jokes that don't have curses they can say no to just in where the direction of the joke is going, where it could go, how people can perceive it. So it's really interesting. you got to try to get a laugh within 15 to 20 seconds Um, the jokes need to kind of flow. You don't want to talk about too many topics. You want to kind of keep it, um, within the same one or two topics, uh, for the whole five minutes. So I'm learning all this stuff. I've been, I've been really, um, working hard, running into clubs, working it out. And, um, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Um, I, I got like four jokes definitely going to be in it. But then, you know, now I just don't know how to close it or what to close it with. So it's between a couple of different jokes. But I think I'm about a week or two away from really having the TV-friendly thing. And then once we get it, then we're going to send it out to the networks and, um, you know, talk to them about it and get the feedback and see what I should tweak. But um, it's definitely uh, going well, and it's a, it's a totally different animal 
um, and one that I, I actually need to know for this business. You're going to have to always have a clean five minutes ready. That's what they say in the business. Always have a clean five minutes ready because you never know when you're going to be called upon to do it or an opportunity is going to come up. So that's what I've been working on, and it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool to, uh, to, you know, you get on stage so quick. When you do five minutes on stage, you know, now I've been, I've been going into clubs doing 30 and 45 minutes. So now when you do five minutes, you literally, after your second or third joke, you like think about wrapping up. Um, and it's, it's crazy to just, you know, go up there and do that. But um, I will say this, the, the really cool thing is, and, I, and I'm the type of comedian that I don't like to not curse if I feel like a curse is necessary in a particular joke. Or if something needs to be said a certain way, like I always say, you just say it the way you would normally say it. So if I'm going to say the word fuck normally, then I'm not going to not do it on stage. But with the five minutes, you obviously can't. And there is something really cool to be said about killing and not cursing once. Because then you know it's truly, truly funny. Um, so that's one thing that I'm also liking and seeing about it. So it's a whole new thing, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It should be ready soon. And uh, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, at the end of this show, I will do some plugs about some upcoming dates that I have in May uh, coming towards the end of it. But, um, you know, that that's pretty much what I've been up to, just running down to the city and, um, you know, doing, uh, you know, all this stuff. I also want to thank uh, Tom Lewis. Uh, Tom Lewis from the LAist. The LAist is an online, um, it's basically like the most... You know, it's the best and, and most viewed online, you know, what's going on in L.A. stuff. And, and I guess you could say like L.A. newspaper other than the L.A. Times. Um, the L.A. is just has different, you know, columns on all different stuff. And uh, Tom is pretty much in charge of the show business aspect of it. Um, he saw me open for Bill Burr at uh, the Terrytown Music Hall here in uh, Terrytown, New York and Westchester um, connected with me, we talked about shooting something, he shoots a bunch of stuff for comedians all over, and, um, it was really cool, we kind of did a day in the life piece of an up-and-coming comic, so we came to my house, and we did that, and, um, you know, we drove down to the city, and I did one show, and we drove to another spot, and I did another show, and we drove back, and just to see what, what a comic who's, who's trying to do what I'm trying to do, uh, goes through and, and does at night, so we, uh, look out for that, I'll let you guys know, um, but thanks so much, uh, Tom Lewis from the LAist. I had a great time, and I hope you did too. But we had an awesome, um, awesome, you know, afternoon into the night. Um, it was about seven hours of, of shooting some cool stuff. So uh, look out for that. That's going to be coming out. I'll have that posted up. It'll be in a bunch of different media outlets, but I'll have it on my Facebook. Um, I'm sure Tom will put it somewhere, and uh, you guys can check that out. So uh, that's what I've been up to. And um, now... I normally, you know, talk about uh, where I was, what I was doing, and then I kind of go into, like, certain segments of news, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'll get to some movie stuff here again, but I have to talk about my last weekend, okay? My last weekend was phenomenal, okay? I wasn't on the road. Everything that I was doing, like I said, I've been local in New York, and now normally when I'm not on the road... What do I do? I sit home, I lay on the couch, I watch sports, you know, I try to maybe play around at golf, hang out with my family when I'm not on the road. This time, we had shit to do, and everything we did was awesome. Okay, I will start with 
Friday, a week ago, uh, we went to the Jacob Javits Center in New York City with uh, our son Lucas, who is a Disney Pixar Cars movie fanatic. And at that show, they actually had the actual Lightning McQueen, like, life-size car there. They also had another, uh, like, a blue car, like the James Bond car that's going to be in the new movie Cars 2. You could take all kinds of pictures, superimposed uh, pictures. Um, and it was just awesome. The whole show made my son's head almost explode. He were, we were sitting in big trucks. We were sitting in blue cars. He loves blue cars. We were sitting in green cars. We were just walking around. Uh, we were looking at old cars, brand new futuristic cars. It was an absolute great time. And it was so funny because while we're walking around, my son is going, This is fun. This is... And, and w to the point where he was literally so happy with everything that it, it, I've just seen him that content and happy was so awesome so we having this great day then we actually met up with um my good friend uh Bill Burr and um his uh girlfriend uh Nia who's just an absolute sweetheart we went to like a late lunch early dinner with them and uh Nia got to meet Lucas um she hasn't for a while I've been friends with so I've been friends with Burr for so long and uh, his girl finally got to meet my son um, and, and that was a great uh, day. I got pictures up of, uh, of the show and everything and of the day. So it was a great Friday. And uh, that just started the weekend because Saturday night was truly one of the most insane, you know, insane nights that I've had um, because I am a huge sports fan, okay? And Saturday night... Uh, a friend of mine, um, who I have to thank so much, uh, Willis, I hope to God you're listening to this, um, a good friend, Willis Whalen from the NFL Players Association, who is an absolute gentleman, and the guy is just the fucking best. You ever meet somebody that's just so, such a genuinely nice, down-to-earth, cool person that you're like, God, if everybody was like that, this would be fucking great. Like, that's what this guy is. He's just the best. And I'm not saying it because he did this for me. I'm saying it because for the first time I met him, he was just one of those people. And he just happens to, to, to love comedy. Um, he was a big comedy fan. Uh, I met him in Washington, D.C. He's a big Bill Burr fan. He saw me open for Bill Burr in Washington, D.C. Improv. And uh, it was just great. Took us for a, for a tour of the building of the NFL Players Association. And uh, the guy's been great. So, you know, uh, me and Willis kind of keep in touch here and there on, um, you know, texting and everything. So the night of the draft, which was Thursday night, I texted him and I said, Hey, I said, uh, is there going to be a season or not? So he kind of texts back and says, well, due to this, maybe, due to that, but it looks like there will be, but, you know, we're just talking like that. And all of a sudden he says, hey, I'm in New York. So I'm like, oh, great. You know, and then I was like, yeah, that makes sense. The draft is here. I'm sure you are here. I didn't even think of that. And I was going down to Caroline's, and he was doing something at one of the, the hotels down there, the, the W or something. So then he says, hey, just so you know, we're having an event Saturday. And, um, you know, if you'd like to come or you're interested, let me know. So I'm off and an NFL party, yes, I need to make, I need to do that because I'm off. I have nothing else to do. How great would that be? But we have a little boy. My wife is here, you know, so I don't want to just say, hey, Stace, listen, uh, I'm going to go to this incredible party, but take care of the baby, all right? I'm going to go have an incredible time and uh, you're going to be stressed out. Take care. So I couldn't do that. So I just said to Willis, 
hey man, is there any way my wife could, you know, if she can't, I'm still going. <laughs> like, if my wife can't go, I'm still going to go to this thing. But, um, you know, let's, let, let's, you know, see if she could come there and then it'll be a great night. We'll get a babysitter and everything like that. So he's great. He comes back and says, I got you and your wife into this thing. So now we're, we're scheduled. We're booked in. We got tickets to go to the NFL Players Association. Uh, they call it a one-team party. All the, like, the new draft picks are going. Um, old NFL legends are going to be there, current players. Um, and then I find out that the entertainment for the night is Snoop Dogg. All right, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So it was at, uh, down in uh, Wall Street, down at Cipriati's. And we go to this place, we walk in, and it could have, you know, Willis was like, oh, I'll walk you guys in, he walked us in, he, he was great, and uh, he's hanging with us, which was so cool that, you know, um, and, you know, open bar, you know, and you just, were, the ceiling, ceilings were like seven, like 50 feet high ceilings, just this unbelievably beautiful place, you see all the, the number one draft picks of the first round walking around with their family and friends, and and you know, and girlfriends, and it was it was insane. And and I, me now, I don't get starstruck with like comedians, stuff like that. But I love sports, so Willis was getting a kick out of, I think how for me, I was like a little kid in a candy store. I'm like, oh, there, you know, and like, I mean, I met Marshall Falk, I met Willie McGinnis, you know, I had a conversation with Ray Rice, and it was cool because Ray Rice, the the running back of the Baltimore Ravens, he's uh. He's a Westchester guy. He's from New Rochelle. So I was talking to him about that. Um, I went up to Ahmad Bradshaw. I was talking to him. But the biggest, I got to be honest, the highlight of my night was I'm standing at an open bar. This is one of the coolest things ever. Like, I was like, I, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, okay? I've been a suffering Knicks fan, but I love the Knicks, and I love the direction that the team is going. So I'm standing at the bar, and all four corners of this big, beautiful room had, like, you know, just this open bar, you know, unbelievable d'oeuvres going around all night. They had, like, these big stations of just cheese and bread. And um, um, who am I standing next to? Right next to, like, you'd be online at McDonald's. I'm standing next to uh, Landry Fields uh, of the New York Knicks. And I'm going, oh, my God, Stace, I think that's Landry Fields right there. And he's, like, right next to me. So we kind of just look at each other, and I'm like, hey, man, I said, I'm a, I'm a big Knicks fan, man, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, I think you're a great addition to the team. I was like, you really got a knack for rebounding. The guy could not have been cooler, and he's like, hey, man, yeah, no, thanks thanks so much, this and that. And he literally, as sincere as, as possible, as sincere as you could possibly be, he just goes, oh, man, so sorry about the playoffs too, man. Like, And it was real. Like, that's the coolest thing about it. I've never had an athlete that I've ever, he genuinely was like, sorry about the playoffs. And he was like this young kid, because he's a rookie. So he's like 22 years old, 23 years old. And he was like, oh, sorry about the playoffs, man. I'm like, no, it's cool. And we're just talking. He's like, don't worry, though. You know, we'll get him. And, and, and I literally walked away, and my wife just looked at me, and she goes, oh, my God, you're in your glory. Like, for me, that was the coolest thing ever. Um, you know, Marshall Falk was cool. Like, all these different, I was getting to talk to some of these new draft picks, uh, Von Miller of the Denver Broncos, and... Uh, the new kid, uh, Adrian um, Claiborne of the of the Buccaneers. I was talking to all these guys. Dwayne Ball walked in um, from the Chiefs. It was just insane. So there's a big stage in the middle. You know, it's almost like a place where you'd have a wedding. You know, a big dance floor in the middle, a big stage. And uh, the opening act was Dougie Fresh. And Dougie Fresh comes out and he's doing classics and he's he's doing all this stuff and he's hyping the crowd up. He does a set, and he was singing, does in like sing-alongs and all this stuff, and it was really cool. So then the, the place starts filling up. Now, the party's supposed to go on until like 2 a.m., 
And all I kept doing was leaning over to Willis going, dude, thank you so much. This is unbelievable. Thank you so much. I actually felt like he was getting annoyed with me because of how much. I even told him, please don't be getting annoyed with me. But I just, this is fucking incredible to me. And uh, he was just laughing. But it, w it was so cool. Uh, you know, we can't thank you enough, Willis. Uh, my wife, you know, just thought you were great. And, and uh, you just, it, it was, thank you, man. Again, it was, it was unbelievable. So now this, the, the party's supposed to go on from 9 to 2 a.m. Now it's getting close to 1. And Snoop Dogg, they're like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. He's not coming out. So finally, at like, I think it was like 5 minutes to 1, they announced Snoop. And I'm not kidding you, for the next hour, he just destroyed the place. To the point where it went from like this casual party to like everybody getting on the dance floor. It was like a, like in the movie Old School when Snoop came out and was in the backyard, it was like almost private like that. It was like 350, maybe 400 people, if that, not even. And Snoop is just on stage and he's doing old, he's doing his old stuff, he's doing his new stuff, everything that killed. He sounded crystal clear like he was on the radio. It was awesome. We're dancing around like lunatics, we're jumping around, uh, we're drinking. It was just, it was just an unbelievable, you know, I'm just standing around all these NFL players and hanging with them and being introduced to them by by, you know, somebody that works for the Players Association. Unbelievable Saturday night. Um, my wife got shit-faced and uh, did get sick in the middle of the night, um, which is hysterical because, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm going to take it easy, and she had, like, a bunch of vodka cranberries. And um, we were supposed to go down into New York City the next day and eat with some comedians uh, and, and friends, and uh, that didn't happen because Saturday night was just absolutely epic, and uh, I was worthless until about 7 p.m. on Sunday. Um, Willis Whalen, thank you so much, man. You are the man, and uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I gotta definitely got to make that up to you when you come to New York, buy you guys some dinner, go out. To, I don't even know how to make that up to you because, um, you know, I can't even be like, hey, I'll take you to a game because you could be like, yeah, well, I got all the fucking games I need to go to. So it was just, you're, you're the best, man. Uh, so that was that was uh, Saturday. Sunday I was worthless, and um, it was just a great great weekend. We got a little parting gift uh, when you left, like a coin about the party. And um, now this is gonna make me. This part is gonna make me actually into the NFL draft even more. And I, I hope there's gonna be a season. I think there's gonna be a season because I think that there's just way too much um, money on the line for there not to be. So uh, you know. I, I just, uh, that was just in incredible. So between spending Friday with my uh, family and my, my, my son and going to the car show and seeing how happy he was and, you know, hanging with friends in the city and then going to this party on Saturday, it was a great weekend off stage and um, that was it. So uh, great, great time. And, and I, I got I to gotta say, if I'm going to be a little kid about anything, it's going to be athletes that I watch on a regular basis. Because, and, and I was talking about this, um, I was actually a co-host on Joe Matarese's podcast, uh, Fixing Joe, and I said something um, about the, how sports really is, and, and what sports is, is, um, you know, he said something his father-in-law said, saying that that's really reality TV. Sports is the realest thing that happens on TV, because there is a game, there is an end result, and there are certain performances in that time that are going to be remembered uh, whether good or bad, but it's real. It happened. It's documented. When you win a championship, they lift that banner up in your arena, and that's there forever. Okay, 
you win that you know Lombardi trophy and people are going to remember it 100 years. So movies and, and reality TV are more scripted. You kind of know which direction it's going in. But sports is actually the realest thing. Um, and, and so for me to be around guys that have done legendary things that are really documented for real, you know, like I said, when Tom Cruise jumps off of a helicopter in, uh, you know, Mission Impossible or whatever, he's in a trailer, makeup, it's all bullshit, there's wires, and then people look at that guy and go, oh, there's Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's cool, but how about, hey, there's a quarterback that threw for 450 yards, really did it, really threw touchdowns, and is a legend for real. And uh, now that we're talking about this um, part of sports, I'll just uh, parlay this into sports here. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about sports today, and uh, guys, email me this, uh, what you think about this question. But this is going to be sports for the week here. Uh, the question I have is, what is the greatest single individual athletic performance you've ever seen in your lifetime? Okay, now I'm 32 years old. Okay, so, you know what I can appreciate, what I could remember, you know, I do remember some Michael Jordan moments that were unbelievable, um, a little hazy, but, but, but still unbelievable, and you just remember him taking over games, but for me, the, the one sporting event that I watched, okay, that I think, and if you have one, email me, go to my Facebook, anything, and let me know, and I'll talk about it on the next one, we'll talk about some good ones, but, for me, the one performance that I saw that actually inspired me as a human being, not even just inspired me watching sports and like but made me realize like more was possible and you can do more in life. Watching this was the Rose Bowl performance by Vince Young against uh, USC a few years back. I think it was like five years ago. It might have been 06 or 07. Um, but it was just one of the most unbelievable, I think they're down 14 points with like a few minutes left and he just was calm on the side, he took over the game, he won it at the end, it was unbelievable, it inspired me and that was like the greatest moment, because there's a certain moments when you watch sports where you're like, that was fucking, no. like another one, perfect example, Derek Jeter against the Oakland Athletics running down towards Posada at home plate and flicking the ball when Jeremy Giambi was trying to score and got the out. I mean, that that was just like one of those plays that like forever you'd be like, how, why was he there? That was on, like, you know, just one of those plays. So um, let me know what you think about that. But mine is Vince Young in the Rose Bowl. I'm going to try to think of a few more. Um, just really inspiring, inspiring um, performances. Um, and, and it was one of those things where it was such a good performance I wasn't really even into Texas or USC, and I just watched the Rose Bowl and was like, "This kid is just this is unbelievable." Um, so if you ever get if you never saw that and you could get footage of it and just watch the game, I think USC was trying to repeat as champions, and uh, that's when they had Reggie Bush and they had uh, Lindell White and they had uh, Matt Leinart and they just had a you know Pete Carroll was a coach and they just had like that unbelievable team and. Uh, Texas was losing big, and they ended up coming back winning because of Vince Young's performance. Awesome. Fucking awesome. All right, now that I just lost half of the female listeners, um, I'll try to get some of them back. Uh, that's it for sports. So it was an NFL party, great weekend. We just talked about the best performance ever. And um, and then, oh, well, wait a minute. We got to talk about what happened that Sunday night. I said I was worthless, which I was. Because we went to the party. But 
we find out later that night that Osama Bin Laden gets killed. So this was a great weekend. We got the auto show, we got the NFL players party, and then we have one of the most horrific and, and, and just horrible terrorists ever of our time who murdered thousands of people on 9-11. Uh, this guy gets shot through the head uh, by the United States military. And you know what? Good for the president. Good for the president for following through with that. Okay? Um, I've made it very clear that uh, I feel like politically I'm independent. You know, uh, I lean to the right with, like, taxing my fucking money um, a little bit, like, as far as money. But there's certain things that, like, I realize that, you know what, man, everybody's got something to say. And nobody, nobody, I don't think 51% of people are wrong and 49 are right or vice versa. I really don't. I think that you listen to everybody, you hear people's arguments and, 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 and you know, and that's why I kind of, you know, I'm kind of like a, a center guy. But I have my viewpoints and um, I will be completely honest here and say that I did not vote for uh, Barack Obama. I'm very proud that I did not vote for Barack Obama. And if I could do it again, I, I sure as hell would do the same thing by not voting for him. For the simple reason that... The guy just wasn't ready. The guy just wasn't ready to be the president. And, and, and you know, and no matter what you want to say, whether you're liberal, whether you're Republican, um, I think that if you really looked yourself in the mirror and said, you know, was this the guy that, like, had the experience? Was this the guy? No, it was just the guy that, you know, spoke really well. The media loved him. You know, the Republican Party had a really bad run because of Bush, I think, and that's what happened. And I don't want to get political here, but, you know, I wasn't a big Barack Obama uh, fan just because of that. But I did like the way the guy spoke. I thought it might be, you know, a refreshing start, which maybe, you know, it's almost like getting a new coach of a team. You know, you always root for the guy. You know, I'm not one of these people that because I didn't really like him um, to be the guy that I'm going to root against him. No, he's the president. Like I've always said, that's what you want. But you know what? I got to be honest. This one, this one's a feather in his cap. All right. He stayed, he stayed the course and uh, he got this guy. And, uh, you know, he gave the order to follow through with it and get it done, and he did it. And he deserves credit for it. And if you don't like him and you're trying to find excuses to, yeah, but he should have done this. No, he, he did. He, this guy followed through, and he did what he had to do, and he got rid of somebody really bad. Um, you know, and you want to think, and, and I'm not going to be like some of these other people that say, oh, well, he did it for the election. Maybe he, did, like, you know, you do want to think this. This is one thing I will say, though, about this, Okay. Um, the guy was living in a fucking mansion in Pakistan, all right? He was like one of one people living in a fucking mansion in a compound. Because in Pakistan, that little house that he was living in is like a... Like he was like the, he's like the P. Diddy of Pakistan. He's like the Bill Gates, but there's only one of them. So people knew he was there, and nobody's going to tell me that people didn't know he was there. I think they knew he was there. Um, as far as the people in Pakistan, um, as far as the United States, do I think that this was like a thing for the election? I really just want to say, I hope not. And I'm going to say that I, be I, I believe, I'm going to try to believe in my heart that it's not. Cause that would be really, you know, I wouldn't put it past any of these lying pricks, you know, for them to maybe have information and just hold off on like taking them out until like they think the timing is right. Um, I don't, I don't want to say that. I, I'm going to say that they went with, they went with something and that they were working on for a while and they got them. So, um, you know, good for the president. He went and he did it. And you know what? He, he also deserves credit for. He said something during the elections that he will, he will pursue Osama bin Laden. And if he has an opportunity to get him, he'll get him. He actually said that during the election before he was president. And he did it. And he deserves credit for that. 
You know, no matter what people want to say, like you got to be fair and you got to say what it is. You know, the same way a bunch of people were saying that, you know, you know, if so-and-so got elected, there would be a draft, there's going to be a draft, and there wasn't. You know, you got to come out and say, yeah, I was wrong, that was silly. I, I think that, you know, with this, you got to say, you know, this guy didn't lie, he did the right thing. And, and you know what, this guy, this world is a safer place because of this crazy son of a bitch who's dead. It was weird, though, like watching like people like cheering in the streets for somebody dead. John Stewart said something that I thought was pretty interesting, and I felt the same way. Normally, you would never like march in the streets and cheer for someone's death. But in this case, this guy was such a bad piece of shit that it, it is so justified that if they, like, dragged his body through the streets, good, fuck him. Like, you know, I would be the worst president ever. I swear to God, I really would. I would be the worst president ever because I would react the day of. Like, I would react the day of and I would just, I would just drop bombs everywhere. Like, I would, there would be so much blood on my hands. I would go down, like, every country would hate us. We would like we would lose power in this country because everybody would attack us. Because I would just be like, yeah, yeah, all right. Now I'm turning the Middle East into a sandbox. You guys did it. No more war. 500 year religious war over tonight, over by midnight. Uh, cause I'm a moron, and I would jump the gun and and, <laughs> and ruin everything. That's why I'm I make people laugh at night, and these guys are in politics. But um, no, it was a great day. Great day for America. Um, you know, we got the eight-foot Arab living in a mansion. Isn't that so ridiculous that the guy was that tall and he was living in this huge house and, and for years and, and we didn't know? Like, I find that really hard to believe that nobody... Did, but, you know, he's, he's done. He's done anyway. And uh, good for the United States, good for those Navy SEALs, good for the president, and good for our country. And it shows, listen, it may take some time. It took us a decade to get an eight-foot fucking Arab living in a, in a mansion, but you know what? We got him. So, so I'm happy about that. So it was a great weekend. And, uh, you know, got to give the president credit for that. Um, all right, so I guess that'll be like a little bit of the, the current events thing um, going on. What else do we have to talk about here? Um, oh, we even did the sports. Oh, unacceptable for the week. This week I have a good one. You know these people when you're driving in the car... All right, you're driving in the car and you beep at them and they're clearly wrong. They're either texting or on the phone or spacing out and they're not leaving at a light. And then like you honk to let them know. And then they look at you like you're the dick. Completely unacceptable. Two days ago, I think it was, it might have been yesterday. No, it was yesterday. Somebody's sitting there just spacing out. And I'm in the city, and there's a million cars going by and everything like this. And I'm waiting to get past this. And this girl is just sitting there. And I finally just honk my horn and go, like, come on, let's go. And, like, she looked at me like I was the dick. Meanwhile, she's holding people up. That is completely unacceptable. I can't stand people who don't want to be called out on shit. No, you're spacing out. How about throw your hands up and go, sorry, my bad. I'm sitting here, you know, stupid. My, like, if I do something wrong, I always kind of let people know my fault or, like, you know, sorry about that or I'll wave at them and stuff. I don't just get mad at them because they called me. It's people like that that, you know, are, like, really, like, um, I think spoiled. Spoiled people. Here's the two types of people that I can't stand. People that don't apologize. Here, my son is literally screaming in the background. Yeah, my son is screaming in the background. Which means my wife is going to start losing her patience with me doing this podcast, getting mad at me. Because I have to go down to the city and do a show tonight, too. Uh, and I'm exhausted from last night, so 
Uh, I'm gonna, what are we, we're at 30 something minutes. All right, I gotta get through this before my wife freaks out. Uh, no, but, so it's completely unacceptable. When you get called out on something, you don't get mad at the person. Just accept the fact that you're being a douchebag at the time and you suck for that moment and just move on. Okay, and if you don't apologize to anybody, you suck too. Both of those things are unacceptable. Um, so, you know what to do. If you see it, fix it. That's the way things got to be. You got to call people out on stuff in order for it to not happen again. So, unacceptable for the week. Somebody beeps at you because you're being a dickhead. Oh my God, my son is freaking out. Like, he's border. He's borderline crying to the point where I have to ask if everything's alright. You know what? I do have to ask. Hold on one second, everybody. I'm sorry about this. Like 15 seconds. All right. I think he's all right. I'm just scared to go out there anyway. Um, so what do we got next? Uh, we got movies. We'll talk some movies. Um, I saw... What was the last movie I saw? I don't know if I talked about this on the last one. I saw Scream 4. It wasn't that good at all. Uh, it was silly. All I remember is Anthony Anderson got stabbed through the forehead with a knife, started bleeding, and then started getting up and swinging and fighting, and his last words were, fuck Bruce Willis. It was so corny and bad, um, and uh, I'm ashamed of myself for paying that money to see that movie. Um, and uh, what movie am I looking forward to seeing? There's another movie that's out that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm drawing a blank right now if I think about it. I will, um, I will let you guys know. But Scream Four is uh, was silly, and uh, I made the mistake of going to see that. But um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to movies now a lot more, and uh, I'm gonna be talking about them. But the, uh, the, you know, the acting in Scream was terrible. The way they tried to do it, it was just a, trying to make money, and I should have known better. I thought there'd be some. There was a couple of like vicious kills in it, but it was, it was not good. It was not good. Um, I can't even believe that that's the movie that I'm critiquing right now or reviewing. It was just so, it was just like, that would never happen. You would never be like that, you know. I love how when there's a killer on the loose, people like still like go to school and like talk about it. Like if there was a killer like killing students, like my mom would be like, all right, like we're going to the fucking mountains for a month till they figure this shit out, you know. And in horror movies, they're just like, oh my God, did you hear? Cindy Cunningham got her head cut off last night. Oh, my God. Anyway, party at my house, dudes. <laughs> you know, there's like a keg party the night like three kids got murdered. Um, it's just fucking ridiculously silly. Um, what else? What else? Speaking of, like, um, killers, I took my son to the park the other uh, uh, yesterday. And he's like... I know it's, it's a weird segue to go speaking of killers. I took my son to the park. But um, no, we go to the park and he's like two years old. He's going to be two years old next month. We're having a big party for him and stuff. His birthday is uh, May 29th. And he's got he's like these little legs. So even when my son sprints, like a full-fledged sprinting, he's not going that far or fast because he's little. So it was funny. He's running in front of me and I was literally walking after him. Like, you know Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movies where, like, the girl is screaming, crying, and she's running as fast as she could, and it seems like she's running past the trees really fast? 
And then, of course, she ends up tripping and falling and crying even more, but she's running. And then you just see Jason's legs walking, and he ends up showing up and killing her anyway. Like, or he's like, meets her where she's running to. That was what I was literally really doing with my son, because he's running as fast as he could run, and I'm just walking, and I'm there. And it reminded me of that. And I think i got to try to make a joke out of that, because it was just so funny to see him sprinting. And I was walking as fast as, uh, as he was running. Um... <laughs> So, um, oh, and uh, another thing, uh, last night I was um, very honored to, um, to be on the Cringe Humor Next Generation show. Um, I mentioned this before to, uh, to you guys, what Cringe Humor is and what they did. And uh, Patrick Milligan started Cringe Humor uh, 10 years ago, and it became huge as far as like putting together shows with Jim Norton and Jim Florentine and Rich Voss and Patrice O'Neill and uh, you know just all those guys Robert Kelly and, and Bill Burr and um, you know just great acts and now they they started a management company and they started to do shows and are you know looking for the next generation of comics and they put me on their first uh, next generation show at Stand Up New York last night and it was a great time so I want to thank them shout out to Patrick Milligan um, Chris Italia, uh, Dave Kimowitz, um, it was just a great, uh, you know, just a great time, and, um, you know, I don't want to leave out, uh, Chris Italia's brother, Paul Italia, who I never met, but he's, I guess he's, like, more like the, the, the technical guy over there, but, uh, they're, they're just really great people, and, um, it was an honor to be a part of their new, new wave of, of comedy, so, uh, throw your CHs up, cringe humor, man, um, it was, it was off the hook last night, I had a really good time, and um, looking forward to hope, hopefully working with those guys in the future. So uh, I want to thank them as well. And, um, you know, going to try to get this five minutes, uh, five minutes ready. Now I'm going to do some um, upcoming stuff that I got uh, upcoming. I will be performing um, tonight. Well, this is way too short notice because this is within hours. But uh, tonight and uh, tomorrow I will be at CB's Comedy Club down in the village, New York City. Um, and, uh, then I will be performing on the road at Wise Guys Comedy Club in Syracuse from May 19th to the 22nd, um, and, uh, that should be a good time. The crowds in Syracuse are usually awesome. Haven't been up there in a while. Wise Guys is a good spot, so I'll be there. And then on May the 28th, I will be at Mohegan Sun performing uh, at the Mohegan Sun Casino. Now, normally, I don't like casinos just because it's like, you know, they're especially casinos that aren't Vegas are usually shitty, but the Mohegan Sun is actually one that I love. Um, maybe I'm a little biased. When I was younger, I won uh, $2,000 there on one hand at three-card poker. Um, but I just like the feel of it. It's got great shops, um, really nice place. They, they do the right thing there. It's got like a cozy feel and um, unbelievable places to eat and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you're in that area or you want to come out and see a, a good show, I'm actually going to be hosting that show. But it's a huge room, big, uh, big nice theater there. And, uh, you know, they treat, they, they treat you great. And uh, the crowds usually uh, are really awesome. So Mohegan Sun on uh, the 28th, I will be there. I believe the show starts at 8 o'clock. So uh, if you're in that area of, what is it, Unkersville, uh, Connecticut, uh, that's on the 28th, uh, Syracuse the week before, and until then I'm just going to be running around um, New York City working out uh, working out some new material, uh, doing spots. So please check out the website, paulverzi.com, and uh, you'll see all upcoming stuff. I'm also redoing some website stuff, 
and uh, I'm gonna be happy uh, to have a I have a big a, a big announcement, a really cool announcement um, for 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 just you know people that have been following me and and uh, you know rooting for me. Uh, you know, definitely stay tuned to next week because I definitely got something that uh, I'm very proud uh, proud of and uh, and happy to be to be a part of. So uh, I'll be making that announcement either on the next podcast or two podcasts from now. So stay tuned for that, um, and it's 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 awesome. So um, that being said, uh, the Bursey Effect podcast will be back on either this coming Wednesday or Thursday, and thereafter every week. And um, I am going to be uh, doing this through a different system, which will uh, be available everywhere. Until then, paulverzi.com. You can get it on Facebook. And uh, that's it. So I want to thank everybody. Uh, Glad Bin Laden's dead. Uh, Hope the NFL has a season. And uh, once again, I want to thank Willis Whalen for that unbelievable night on um, Saturday, man. That That was insane. And want to thank the Cringe Humor guys for the show last night at uh, uh, Stand Up New York. I have to get ready. Oh, also Tom Lewis for shooting that uh, shooting that piece with me yesterday. So that's going to be available for you guys. And uh, I got to get ready to go to the city now and uh, eat some dinner with my family beforehand. So uh, Verzi Effect podcast listeners, hope you enjoyed episode 16. And, um, you know, like I say always, if you guys want me to talk about something, just get at me if you have any questions, and uh, we'll talk about it here. So uh, until next time, uh, take care, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. I'm out of here. Take care.